Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now for Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, best dentist I've ever gone to. You want to hire the best. Of course you do. Do that with your dentist. Hire a dentist who's going to take good care of your teeth, and that's Dr. Mike O'Neill. 317-849-2933 is the number. Let's talk to Philip Rivers. It's a Wednesday, so it's fill time. Fill him up. We're going to call this segment. How you doing, Philip? Thanks for joining us. I want to ask you about trash talk. A lot being made of the trash talk, you and Roquan over the weekend against the Bears. When you listen back, maybe you see it on social media, maybe you see it in the highlights or game film, and and you listen back to what you said, especially that it's so audible now without a crowd. Uh, do you Are you entertained by it? Are you repulsed by it? How, how do you look at it? Yeah, probably probably all of the above. I don't regret's probably a little strong, but there's certain certainly uh times when you go, What am I doing? you know? Um, but uh again, I, I think I think there's there there's certainly a uh, the line a line there not to cross uh in t- terms of not getting consumed at all. And again, I, I I think it's much more was made of it probably in the, in my in my twenties even. Um and there was probably times when it was probably too much part of it at, at, at times but uh i really i really i truly just again i i i've played the game like you know ever since i was a kid in the backyard and I, i've always kind of played it that way so i think there's just an element of that that you can't get rid of and it's an element of that that's when i'm really at my best so um like i said um there's um had, had it not any had not anything be ever caught on video I would even give it two thoughts worth because after the game it's a good game and man it was fun all right you move on to the next one so it's definitely not uh something that I think about very often all right let's talk football when you play a team like the Cleveland Browns the Browns they score a lot of points when you play a team like that do you anticipate being more aggressive offensively because you're going to have to score more in order to win well I I don't know that you go in uh expecting a certain thing I, I think uh, it works both ways. I mean, certainly the way our defense is playing and the confidence in our defense we have, uh, you know, it would be it would it would be crazy for me to say uh, I, I would expect our D to give up a lot of points. So I no, I, I don't necessarily expect it to be that. But I think as an offense, you know, we're we're all we're all one team. But as an offense, our job is to score one more point than our defense allows. And if that were to be uh, you know, 35, 38, 41, whatever it is, then our job is to score one more than that. And if it's 11, then we better get, we better get 12. And so I think having that, having that approach is probably the best way to go is be ready to go with how the game goes. And, uh, again, obviously our defense has been unbelievable. We've done enough offensively to win. We found the way collectively to win, uh, to win the game, uh, you know, three out of the first four. So that's the objective each week. And however it shakes out, it doesn't mean one side's more important or one side won it this week than the other. We all win it. We we all win together because I think they they feed off one another, uh, depending on how the game goes. And uh, so, um, you know, whether that be yardage, you know, sometimes you look at teams. You know, I mean, you know, Dallas was down so big, they're going to get some yards. You know, Cleveland was a little softer in that second half, knowing they had to make up 28 points plus or whatever. So, you know, you see a bunch of yardage gains. Well, that can be deceiving as well. So. Um, but I guess uh, that's the long answer to say, long way of saying, we got to finally score more points than our D allows. And uh, so far, that hadn't been very many, but we're prepared to, to do whatever we need to do. So you keep your foot to the floor and then you adjust. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I, I think uh, I think that's one thing, you know, we, we, we did it in, in uh, obviously in unison with the defense. They scored twice against the Jets. Uh, we were able to kind of really close that one out. Last week we had some opportunities and didn't really close it out soon enough. Now the four-minute drive, you know, I say four minutes, I think it was 11 minutes on the clock when we got it, and that's a big-time drive to, to, to make it 19-3. to three. But um, we had some other opportunities in the red zone where we can, we can score touchdowns and make it a three-score game early earlier and we didn't do that so definitely uh when we have opportunities to to uh either put the game out of reach or you know score touchdowns we need to make sure we get that done how conscious from play to play do you have to be of a game wrecker like miles garrett yeah well i think you know much like last week with with khalil mack obviously um uh and and, and miles is, is, the, is the same kind of guy from a from a uh you know game wrecker standpoint this this cleveland defense uh really flies around. Obviously, they've created a lot of turnovers, so it's not just one guy. It's a, it's a heck of a defensive group. Uh, played these guys last year uh, with, uh, or, or two years ago. Shoot, now the years are run together, but with a different different scheme. Um, different scheme. So it, it is it is different. Um, obviously, with Joe Woods as the coordinator, obviously, with a lot of time there in Denver. Um, some similarities, not, not, not necessarily, you know, so – um, but no, Miles is a heck of a player. And again, it, the defense collectively is taking the ball away and our offense is scoring a lot of points. That's usually a good combination. So um, it'll be a heck of a challenge for us. You know, you had a great punter in San Diego named Mike Cyphers. How important was it to have a guy like Cyphers? How important is it to have a guy like Rigoberto Sanchez as a weapon for the offense? Yeah, Rigo's been awesome. And um, yeah, I do think it's, I do think, uh, Obviously, you'd love to you'd love to score every possession, and uh, you know I don't, I don't know where we where we are now. I had had a few more punts than we would have liked last week, but going into last week, I think we were right there, fewest number of punts in the league. So we've been doing a good job of moving the ball and, and not having three and outs and things like that. But um, no, I definitely think so. It, it it can be a weapon for you, and certainly you you are aware and play a little different, especially. You know, we were backed up last week, and the thing we said in the huddle offensively was, you know, yeah, we want to drive and score, but let's flip the field. At the very least, let's flip the field. And we took it from our own four, and I think they, the next, you know, we did flip it, and they, they tried it out there on offense at their own four. So um, there, there's an element with the way our defense is playing, and then you obviously see game to game that the field position uh, and the hidden yardage is huge, and it's something Coach talks a lot about. So, um you know, I think I said this a few weeks ago, try to end every, every possession with a kick. You know, obviously you'd prefer them be extra points, followed by field goals, but uh, end it with a punt, certainly much better than a, than a turnover. Sometimes, you know, and I, I'm guilty of this, uh, goes without saying that it's third and long and you, you know, give a guy a chance and they intercept it. It's, you know, it's like a punt, but not always. You know, even an interception that maybe they catch 28, 35 yards down the field, uh, um, it has a different feel, you know. There's that there's that energy and momentum that can come from a from an interception different than a you know a 50 yard punt that they have to fair catch inside the 10. So that's certainly something to be aware of uh, week to week and and as we move forward. You've only been the quarterback here for four games. You've got a really young roster. How important is it to win as you go through these growing pains? Yeah, definitely. And I think you want to you always want to keep improving and getting better. And if you can win along the way, then then that's a pretty good sign. Um, so, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of things good. You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, certain categories and statistics can be a little bit deceiving, uh, because we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of good things. Um, uh, but certainly not, not as good as we want to do them and not as good as we're going to need to do them as we progress through the season. But so to answer your question, yes, I mean, shoot, if you went along the way, 
Uh, I don't know that you're ever going to walk off the field going, hey, we played a perfect game because there's been a lot of things to clean up in each of these games. But uh, the the uh, the alternative to, to what we've done the last three weeks isn't a heck of a lot of fun. So find a way to win, do the things necessary to win. I think those are all good traits of a team that, uh, that's, that's got a chance to improve and do something special. So you get a long way to go. But uh, – I like I like the direction we're headed. I think we're focused and we're you know we're, we're head down and keep getting to work. And you know I, I'd rather you know I, I've been I've been a part of teams that have been one number one in third down. Hopefully we'll end up right there in the top five in third down. But I've been a part of teams that have been in the top three third down and won four games. So those years aren't any fun. We don't we don't walk around high five and for being top three third down and winning four games. So it's about finding a way to have one more point than the other team. At the end of the day, we've done that three out of four. See if we can we can do it for our fourth on Sunday. Philip Rivers, thanks very much for spending the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, Colts news today, practice squad move. They signed Jonas Griffith, a linebacker. He, a terrific linebacker at Indiana State for the four years he played there. He joins the practice squad. Colts really, really thin at the linebacker spot because of injury. We don't know the disposition of Bobby Okereke or Darius Leonard as yet. We asked Frank Reich about the injury situation, and he deferred to the injury report, which has not been released yet. So we'll see. I'm sure those guys are going to be listed as questionable. We'll see on Friday whether that status changes and what they might be, what their availability might be as we move toward Sunday's game in Cleveland against the Browns. Colts, one-and-a-half-point favorites. That line down from two-and-a-half. It was up from one to two-and-a-half when Nick Chubb was ruled out for this Sunday and and put on IR. Now it's down to one and a half. I don't know what to make of this yet. Uh, Let's talk about Indiana basketball. We found out today that the Maui Invitational, which is going to be played in Asheville, North Carolina, we got the grid for that. Indiana's going to play Providence in the first round. Providence is always really, really tough. Ed Cooley, one of the best coaches in college basketball, his teams play tough. This is a great test for Indiana straight out of the gate. Indiana is going to have more talent, but are they going to be tough enough and well-drilled enough early in the season to beat a team like Providence? And then they probably get Texas. I think they get the winner of Texas and Davidson. Of course, Bob McKillop, the head coach at Davidson. We love the offense that McKillop runs at Davidson. If they play Texas, are they going to be athletic enough in order to compete with Texas? Really kind of a sexy uh, tournament bracket that they've set up for the Maui Invitational, which is going to oddly be played in Nashville, North Carolina. All right, let's talk about the Indiana Pacers coaching search, which hopefully is headed down the home stretch. Six weeks ago today, Nate McMillan was fired. I think that the delay is that the Pacers want to talk to people who are in the bubble right now. You can't leave the bubble and then go back into the bubble. So that's for the roster and team personnel. And I think that they want to talk to two members of the uh, Miami Heat coaching staff. They want to talk to Chris Quinn. I don't think he's got a legit shot at the job. I think they also want to talk to Dan Craig. Dan Craig is a serious candidate for this job. Dan Craig, kind of an interesting guy, a funny guy, uh, has been with the Heat since 2003 when he was hired as a video intern. Good dude. Uh, Darvin Ham, I think, is a serious candidate. He's been an assistant coach under Mike Budenholzer for a while, most recently with the Milwaukee Bucks. He and Malcolm Brogdon obviously have a relationship that dates back, and I think that's important as a consideration for Kevin Pritchard. I think he's going to value highly the opinion of Malcolm Brogdon 
as they kind of matriculate their way through this coaching search. Uh, you've got Dave Yeager, who has been a head coach with the Grizzlies and the Kings. Hadn't gotten along real well with some front offices, according to reports. We'll see if that is a, uh, a check in the negative for Jaeger. But Jaeger has been a really good coach, did a great job with the Memphis Grizzlies, and then really did a good job with the Sacramento Kings. Never got him to a playoff berth, but that was a really young roster. Uh, Chauncey Billups, who's never coached at all, but a terrific leader during his 17-year career in the NBA. He made $100 bucks, just over $100 bucks during his career. Is he going to want to sign up for the grind of being an, an NBA head coach? and kind of not live the life of leisure anymore, the life of a media guy. I don't know. If he does, good for him. Maybe he winds up being that latest guy who is a terrific player and winds up being a really, really good coach. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, Chris Finch, who is an assistant with the Pelicans, which is interesting because he really got Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins to play well together as two bigs, and that's what a head coach is going to have to do here, get Sabonis and Turner to play well together if both guys are going to continue to be a part of this roster. He also uh, was part of Nikola Jokic's development as a big. He likes running that inverted offense where the bigs play on the perimeter. That suited uh, Jokic. It suited Cousins. It suited Davis. Is it going to suit Turner and Sabonis? I don't know. That's the decision where it comes to Chris Finch. And then Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni I want no part of as the head coach. Mike D'Antoni is kind of an analytics guy. He hadn't always been that, but you know what? Go stand in the corner and shoot threes, or we're going to shoot layups. You need a lot of talent to be able to do that, and I'm not sure the Pacers have the personnel necessary. They don't have Russell Westbrook and James Harden to be able to uh, excel in the Mike D'Antoni system. We'll see. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait to talk to you then. 8 o'clock straight up on Facebook Live and then immediately thereafter on Periscope and Twitter. It's all Indiana sports all the time. It's what we do. The the MLB playoffs are ongoing. I really don't care much about any of those games. I got to tell you the truth. Tomorrow's Thursday, so we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this Colts-Browns matchup, all brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry.